Welcome to SEO Conspiracy.com. Today, it's not Halloween, but it's Halloween every day with Google, especially these days. And she's part of the SEO Conspiracy family now. I have the great pleasure to welcome back Christine Schesinger to talk about the top horror stories, the top technical SEO horror stories, the worst of the worst. Bonjour, Christine. Bonjour. <laughs> Comment that's the end of my French. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Come on, Jovet. Uh, well, she just asked how I was, and um, I was admitting uh, off, uh, off camera that uh, I think I hit my limit of sanity for uh, as far as knowing where I'm in space and time. <laughs> and yeah. um, and uh, I, I, why don't they freeze us for uh, like three or six months, you know? Put us like in one of those <laughs> oxygen tank or whatever. Yeah, just put us to sleep. Like, come on, <laughs> wake, wake us up. Oh, and when when, yeah. when 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 you killed all the zombies, wake us up, please. And uh, and although I don't subscribe to the fact that we're living in a simulation, if we are, maybe they can just unplug us for a couple months or skip forward and just erase the memory between now and then. Yeah, matri matrix uh, style, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Anyways, um, it doesn't uh, it doesn't hide the fact that we've already talked about it. Uh, we are privileged amongst all the human species. SEOs in particular are in this unique position of. And I love, I love how you convinced me to change my mind on that topic of, of the fact that, no, 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 we, we definitely don't need to be visible and have standards and all that stuff and be official. We are very good hidden in the corner. Nobody knows about us. They say Google dominate. Now, what's the exact quote? Google is the entry gate. Uh, to the world or something like that or to the internet whatever Google dominates the world and guess who dominates Google we do and nobody knows we exist in the 451 pages of that big tech hearing uh, report I didn't see the word SEO once <laughs> but now she she told us some stories here and there because uh, we've uh, we've shot a, a bunch of videos, but you uh, never did it. Uh, let's do a top five, okay? Top five. Top five. Start it from the fifth, and you'll keep your. I, I I'll try to guess. <laughs> I won't. I won't say in advance. I'll try to guess, but uh, I don't think I can guess the the. the five and four maybe three i can guess probably the one and two uh but but um i'll be curious to know what would be your top uh five 
Well, three of them are going to come from one website. I <laughs> shall remain nameless. It, it, yeah. Okay. I know. Yeah. I, I see. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but the top worst five. of uh, top five. Top five. Uh, going from Technical five to or one. Just mistakes. Well, it, it has to be. It doesn't matter as long as you as you, as you lose ranking, okay? Um, <laughs> okay. You don't have to to focus on uh, on the technical aspect of it. It could just be yeah, human uh, human error. Human error, okay. Is allowed. So, so number five would be. This isn't really in order because they're all pretty awful. Um, would be when I worked for the U.S. government for a while. And um, I worked on one of the sites that had a blog that back when you could see PageRank in the toolbar had a PageRank of 10 on a blog. And I, and I sat in a meeting one day and 10, for those who are new to the industry, 10 was as high as you could get on the PageRank toolbar. And uh, it was even higher than Google. Google was a nine. So that means I could pretty much optimize that blog for anything and it would rank, but no one had ever optimized it. So the visitor count was only about 80, 90,000 a month. And they're like, well, that's really low. We don't, we need to fix that. So they didn't consult me because I was actually there as an accessibility lead, just sometimes did SEO. Mm -hmm. I sat in a meeting and and in the meeting, they were talking about how they took the blog offline. And I was like, (laughs) what do you mean you got rid of the blog? And they're like, I go, you mean the blog with 10,000 pages of content and 800,000 links, mostly EDU and government? And they go, yeah, um, we replaced it with Tumblr. <laughs> the social media guru at the time told them to replace it with Tumblr. Oh. So as anyone who doesn't know, the reason Tumblr's never really taken off is it can't rank at all in Google. It doesn't have the capability. Maybe it did at the end, I don't know. But uh, at the beginning, the uh, at the beginning it the, was okay, but then... The, yeah, yeah well, at the time we we were doing it, no rankings in Tumblr. Por- Tumblr did not rank. Porn took over Tumblr, and uh, Google didn't like yeah. that too much. And that might be why. But the point being is, it was unrankable, and so the only way to get traffic was to buy a spot on the homepage. So <laughs> they'd buy a spot, and they would get like forty thousand visits, but they weren't relevant because it's just a plug on the homepage. And then they would get like no visits. And I was like, well, did you at least move the content over? No. <laughs> You had 10,000 pages of content. You didn't move any of it over. They go, no. Did you redirect the links, the 800,000 links? Did you do that? No. Of course, at the time, we didn't know it was impossible to rank Tumblr. We figured that out. So I was like, so you blew away 10,000 pages of content, 800,000 links. And a page rank 10. And a page rank of 10 for Tumblr. Now, I did find out later the social media company had a relationship with Tumblr and by getting Tumblr and all these government blogs, they got them high exposure. Got it, got it. So I'm not saying they did something nefarious, but I'm just saying it appeared that it may not have been totally kosher. The, but, the, the, it was the New York Times who messed up something with the archives. Or I don't think it was, was it the New York Times or one of the New York Times properties for sure? Um, yeah, I know the the ah ah it, 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 it's a it used to be a magazine. Oh, what's his name? 
very um, very important, very interesting magazine, uh, and the name is just uh, 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 I can't remember it. But they, um, yeah, they just uh, pressed uh, delete. <laughs> I remember that. The archives. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> Exit. Oops. Blump. Um, yeah. Everything gone. The whole history from the beginning of uh, gone. The. It might seem even crazy, but at the level of Google. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's not an hoax. It's not a from from the sources I got it from. It seems legit that it was two years spring two years ago. There was a supposed update again. Uh, <laughs> Barry Schwartz's uh, business of, of finding updates everywhere. And a lot of people were complaining that they were losing um, index pages. And supposedly the truth was that Google lost the indexed one version, like the yeah. whole thing, and they had to to go back. <laughs> so, <laughs> so of course your pages did while they were and they didn't exist back then. When the, by the time when they rolled back, uh, but it was not like a usual rollback. It, it, it was really because they they lost the whole thing. Um, I I could not believe it that at the level of google uh it could happen then i talked to my friend uh, former ceo of com, who built, built also a search engine he was like yeah man if if it's it's pretty rare it has to be a lot of variables that come together into play and uh it's just um like statistically it's very rare but it, it, it could happen. And we often forget that uh, Google has no superpowers as far as the, the way it's uh, hosted and all that stuff, you know? It's yeah, just, yeah. It's, it's not it's different. More, yeah. It's just data it's centers and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. I didn't mean to talk over you. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, you, 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 um, you were saying that even, even search... Uh, even just the fact that people think that there's an, an ounce of intelligence in Google because of that AI uh, trend, let's remind everyone that Google has the brain of a... A baby. Uh, <laughs> not a, I was going to say like, a, like, a, like an ant or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, that... that the level of understanding of the language is, yeah, it takes, it swallows words that it changes into mathematical entities. There's oh. that they separate them by vectors, then there's distance. But uh, yeah, we're, we well, we've we've been far from from your from your from your hair, <laughs> human hair okay. to, to to Google but also will, messing up, but yeah everybody will, everybody messes up yeah. I, I will add just that real quick to what you were just talking about the there's a misnomer that Google does straight NLP which is the holy grail, they do NLU with a little bit of NLP which means 
they don't really understand language. They need like schema to interpret it. They have to map entities to definitions. So, um, and the AI gives them definitions over time, which is what Rank Brain helps them do. So yeah, it's an it's like a infant learning its first language as a you know six month old or nine month old whenever babies start talking. And, and they have to build algorithms that will work for all the languages of all of the entire world and and uh, all the variation of the same English. I mean, I think Spanish alone says how many maybe like twenty five countries of us. Uh, Spanish uh, as an official language. If, if in the US, like how many different Spanish communities do you have? Uh, that's... Yeah, and then you get into like some languages don't have future tense, some don't have past tense, some um, have dialects that don't understand each other in the same country. So there's so many variations on language that it's a, a massive task. And so when people think like, oh, they just do NLU, it's like <laughs> NLP, I mean, like, no, that's you and me talking right now. We understand each other without sitting in our heads and going, okay, so that entity is going to map to that vector and those are close together. So they mean something to each other. My brain just does that automatically and that's true NLP. And, and as long as Google is using schema, they're still using NLU because they need help interpreting what content's on the site. Uh, I like to use the, the word uh, Google. I like to say Google can analyze content instead of yeah. instead of understand. Yeah, understand. Uh, yeah, understand. But yeah, yeah, let's go back to these human errors because um, <laughs> on on that level of uh, okay, I have the press website. Let me let me give you another one. Uh, big, not. Uh, former government website gone private type of thing Communi telecommunication I, I can go into i can't say if uh, the website but big okay big like like yeah. real big yeah mine, mine was like that mine was big. and yeah. and um cdn and of course the ceo was like Okay, we have all those this those servers everywhere. To please Google Bot, I'm gonna get a server in Mountain View <laughs> near Google Bot. Uh, they rebuild uh, the entire site, changed the entire internal linking, and did not update the server that Google Bot was visiting. <laughs> <laughs> so there, everything was fine on their screen. The website was working. Everybody was happy, except Google Boat was not happy at all because it was, it was all like four four. And the the yeah, I, then they even messed up like the redirects and all. Uh, human errors. It's basically always comes down come comes down to. Um, at the end of the day, that's always the weak link in any technology-related uh, uh, situation. When you, uh, especially uh, hacking or all that stuff, that's what I've in my head. Yeah, also because they often don't put SEO as a as the lead um, group on websites, so often that the issues are a surprise to the SEO as well. 
as the site because the SEO wasn't part of the, the thinking, the process on developing right. the plan for rolling something out. And had the SEO been there, they would have gone, uh, you can't do that. But they don't often do that. So then the SEO wakes up one morning, traffic's off a cliff, and they have to spend the next 24, 36 hours of their life figuring out why and getting it back. So the yeah. best thing companies can do is put SEOs in the main part of the process and strategy uh, as and have their fingers in all of it, as opposed to like tagging them on to the after fact. Yeah, I wanted to to get you into this discussion uh, a little bit later on, but yeah, let's do oh, it. We now. can do it later on. No, no, we, we can we can do it now. It doesn't matter uh, because I know it's one of your uh, pet peeves: the fact that SEO is not an add-on. And I remember, ex I like how you use that word "add-on" because yeah, I thought it's like an add-on or a plugin or just uh, I mean, yeah, I I see. I see, it's unbelievable. I see, um, okay, I install WordPress, I put Yoast, and that's it. SEO is done. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right, great guys. You're going to go very far with that. And it makes a world of difference when SEO is taken into account, uh, like at the beginning, in the early stages of the project. Yeah. Even before you, if you're building a new site, even before you decide what technologies to use. Sure. If I'm going to, I have people in groups going, well, the C level just wants to move to Angular because they think JavaScript frameworks are better. And it's like, well, they're not better. Angular is awful unless you have Universal. And even still, it's really difficult to work with for SEO, which is funny because Google developed Angular. <laughs> um, but uh, you can go to React, which is much better. But if you don't need to pay for the programmers, for React and Angular and to deal with all that intricacy and complexity and you're do better in WordPress then use WordPress because WordPress might do much better in SEO than say Angular or React depending on how they're distributed or implemented. And then on the other side, if your site that is on, I have sites that are on WordPress with 10 million pages and really they need now to move to something else, right? Outside of WordPress, it's too big for WordPress. Oh, so yeah. you need an SEO in the beginning because mm -hmm. Everything from how the sites deliver to page speed to, you know, uh, expensive programmers, all that stuff has to be factored into a website um, from the start. And SEOs often are keenly involved in understanding which is the best choice if they're a technical SEO, not all SEOs, content marketer or something, not the same. But uh, I, I remember one client when I was like, okay, we, it's impossible. We can't do it. Uh, because it was a huge press website today. Uh, they specialized on Android. And they use WordPress, but the size of that thing <laughs> and the fact that they they changed everything, like the core, okay? They changed the core of, of, of WordPress, so they could not even upgrade the damn thing anymore. Uh, and And... and uh, they put sometimes themselves in situations that could be so easily avoided if it was just taken into account before. What's going to be very funny is, I don't know why people didn't realize yet um, that things are very different on a mobile phone. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and you can't be so fancy with all those 
special effects and, and <laughs> the stuff that you put on the desktop version of your website. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what, what, why do you think people uh, are, are still... Um, I don't see out there anybody uh, really being actively um, talking about how you you must be not only like it's not just the technical aspect of um, uh, do like a mobile friendly website and, and so on is search with a caps S okay and and how technologies like Google Discover, which is predictive search, where, where you have new levers, uh, for example, engagements, uh, that, that is kind of, uh, and, and there's very little talk. It feels like people are still stuck, at least uh, in France. I don't know so much about the US, but in France, they're stuck in this vision of SEO for Google, the computer, the desktop version. Uh, and they um, they still uh, I remember a client ninety percent traffic from mobile and I'm like guys maybe it's start to time to start to build a website for mobile first <laughs> build it on the mobile then make it responsive for the desktop. When ninety percent of your traffic is for mobile, like like like, what are you still doing with a <laughs> like responsive plugin on your on your website? Like, come on, get serious. Well, also, also, if you're just from a code side, if you're developing a new site, um, you kind of want to start with the mobile and move to the desktop because mm -hmm. it's easier to find your breakpoints and to add to the design than it is to subtract to get down to mobile. So if you start with a perfect mobile site, you can make it an easily desktop responsive site if you want to add stuff to it, um, but on the media query set. But uh, yeah, it's a little harder when you've designed it all for desktop and you're like, well, I got this page that scrolls for like five minutes now because I designed it for desktop. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, you guys had fun building those 2000 words of Google text that has no interest. And then, of course, you got to get rid of it for the mobile. <laughs> and then, and you can't though, because because of mobile first, you have to have the content you want to rank for on your mobile site. Yeah, but so does it look good? It. it doesn't no, look good. No, but I'm just saying you can't remove it. So now you got to figure out how you handle text, which is a usability UX designer. That's one thing I see way too little of. I see way too little uh, conversion specialists and UX specialists used on websites. They like having a designer create things. But the designer's not a usability specialist or a conversion specialist. So, you know, you get like tons of accordion boxes or you get like too much on one page and you're in mobile and you're scrolling like this. And it's really for sites that can afford a usability person and a conversion person, it's really good to have them do an audit on your mobile site to make sure it's not uh, too desktop looking, too desktop heavy. Working for uh, on the South. East Asian market was eye-opening for me, especially going over there and looking at the the technology the way people were using and the, the, the behaviors. Uh, it's not mobile first; it's mobile only. Okay, they don't have computer. Everything is on 
the small the mobile and, and we're not talking iphone 12 pro max we are talking like you're lucky if they got like an iphone 4 okay <laughs> uh, or some uh, some some yeah let's not even go apple let's go like android from uh like generation i don't i can't even tell you but those phones are old and and you can't assume that uh you you have to know your audience that's that's the whole game i think today uh and yeah if, yeah, if you don't you you you, well, you also have to yeah you also have to know because there are industries where desktop is prevalent or yeah. prominent like b2b um publishers i work with they still have like 50 percent desktop e-commerce as well because e-commerce people mostly in the united states use work computers now during the pandemic that's different because everyone's home but when people start going back to offices there'll be a shift of people to their office computers to shop because that's where in the u.s prior to the pandemic everyone shopped was at work so you know because at the weekends they want to do weekend stuff so when they're at work their lunch break or when they get in the morning they do a little shopping so um so you really have to know specifically uh, from your analytics who your users are and never assume when you go into a site just because it's a certain industry or type that you know what devices they're going to be using, um, you know, because they could be, it could surprise you. I was very surprised when I worked for a $2 billion e-commerce company in 2019, early 2020, that, um, I'm sorry, 2018, early 2019, that um, they still had 50 to 60% desktop users, you know, not mobile. Mm -hmm. so. I, I was blown away when a client uh, in the freight uh, freight business told me it was what, three years ago, three f less than five years ago for sure. Uh, you know all those boats on the oceans and the seas? They're still using Excel to manage all that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they're just starting now to, to get on the, the digital bandwagon. You're like, whoa, that... I mean, I guess it worked. <laughs> so don't, don't, don't change, change it. If it. it if it's it, universal. <laughs> everyone can have Excel. So everyone else has, yeah, I could see that. And, you know, software as a service to do all that stuff. You'd have to have connections and things. And mm -hmm. you're in the middle of the ocean. There's probably a really good chance you have nowhere to connect. So <laughs> Exactly. Uh, and they, they figure it out. Uh, and I've seen, especially in the search awards, some, some entries about very fancy software like 360 um, view cameras to check the, the the like the safety of the boat and all and all those and i'm like guys you are so out of touch with the reality of the business uh, you, you they are not i mean good luck selling that <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> like 360 cameras to, to look around the boat like <laughs> why do i care like <laughs> we'll, well, see, you know, we'll know we'll know soon enough when the containers are, are bailing out of the ship don't worry we'll, we'll, we'll know <laughs> we don't need cameras for that you know i'll see a, a client like i did a site bulb report with their keyword analysis and it's like high mobile high desktop almost zero tablet. So that could mean nobody uses a tablet. It also could mean there's something wrong with your tablet site and maybe we need to check out your tablet site. So you can never assume device usage indicates user intent. 
because your, my, your, your site may be really bad on mobile. And so people go, I'm just gonna do that when I get back to my desktop. So when you see low numbers in a device, you should check your site in that device and make sure that it's actually functioning properly. And I uh, think even Apple shut down the referrals for some of the stuff. So you you could be missing a big chunk of... Uh, mm -hmm. It's not going to go... Okay, guys, chill. Christine, you remember when Not Provided came out and people, yes. SEOs thought... There was the end of the was. world, okay? Was... I was at SEO Oktoberfest when the announcement came out and we instantly had a massive discussion about it. It was like 10 o'clock at night and we were drinking beers. So It was the end of the world. Uh, people were jumping out of the windows. They <laughs> and we figured it out, okay? That's what SEOs do. They adapt or die. And yeah. if you're still, still standing after 20 plus years or whatever, or almost 20 years, uh, it means something. So let's go to, uh, we spent 28 minutes on top of pilot. Let's move up the ladder to number four. Okay. Oh, this is, a, this is a quick one. It's a small one, but it was an important one. And that is, um, I had a client who runs a, a, a outfitters in the United States. I mean, he's like rent boats and do hikes and stuff like that. And I sent her an email to shut down uh, a, the DNS for this domain that she had, a subdomain that wasn't being used, but being crawled. And I said, whatever you do, don't do any of the others. And I listed them. And I said, send this to your hosting provider because I couldn't get access. And just copy this and send this. Because I said, turn this one off. Do not touch these. And um, I woke up in the morning and the site was offline. Oops. And it was uh, four days before their largest weekend of the year where they got like 20% of their revenues for the weekend. Uh, it was actually about five days before. And so it took eight hours to get that site back online. And because this is the first time I, Google had done this on any site, there used to be a window with Google about two days. If you made a mistake mm. and you fixed it, Google didn't pick it up. You didn't have an effect on your rankings, but she went down about 25% in her rankings for the next week. Really? So we had to do some serious Facebook advertising. Yeah, because as soon as Google saw she was mm -hmm. offline, right before the holiday weekend, they just instantly were like, okay, wow. well, yeah. And uh, and I don't know how it affected the rankings that quickly. I just know it did. Um, so we paid a lot in Facebook advertising to, to get her to her normal traffic. Um, and then she the next week, she was fine. All back to normal, mm -hmm. everything back to where it was. Um, but that was a big one because the... The client didn't know not to take it off, you know, what a DNS was, didn't even know. That's why I wrote it exactly. But she tried to translate it and write it herself. And then mm -hmm. when she did that, she told them to take the main domain offline. So that was kind of a funny one. Well, let's rebound on this and let's, uh, let's talk a couple of minutes about the importance of uh, hosting. Because so many people start with right, shared hosting on those cheap hosting <laughs> services and nothing wrong with it if in fact you do have a wordpress blog with with 100 articles or whatever yeah why why pay more but if you start to get serious especially when you do e-commerce and you don't take hosting seriously i'm talking like sysadmin 
okay like someone yeah. who can uh my my sis admin um i can have a client going on tv uh, and could be a hundred thousand connection in within like 30 seconds and and the site will will handle it uh because he knows because <laughs> he knows i i mean i can't even understand what he says when he talks to me like the words he uses are not in, even in wikipedia so what do you want me to do <laughs> <laughs> but all i know is that uh, he can um because because he, he built uh websites uh like one of, some of those like qvc you know uh, and, and he told me it's crazy i mean it's insane the the when when that starts to hit you know when they they when they pitch the the products uh it gets heavy so you do the 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 public uh the press with pr outreach uh you bust your ass to get on tv and then your site is out <laughs> good job you know, i worked with a company back this is a long time ago um that handled martha stewart's ipo um, as a website back before cloud. So we had to set up 90 servers. Um, and the team that I worked with, well, I didn't have to watch them, but the sysadmins of about six people spent like two weeks just maintaining those 90 servers mm. to make sure they did not go down during her initial IPO offering. Um, so they lived at work for that entire time because they were just servers. They weren't cloud there wasn't you didn't buy cloud hosting back then you know if you had a site that big you owned your own servers and you might hold you might put the servers in a server location but you still owned your own servers and so that was the craziest um thing i think i've ever seen people do is do the architecture for her ipo and we were just this little company in in virginia we weren't even allowed to say we worked with her because we were in the country of countryside of West of Virginia near West Virginia, and uh, the New York types back then did not like the concept that <laughs> that we were this little podunk country town. Got it, got and it. So we we couldn't even say we worked with them at the time. But that was the funniest. But with with, with hosting now, especially WordPress. Generally, if I'm doing WordPress, I'm giving it over to somebody who doesn't have an IT team. So I always do managed hosting. I tell them spend that extra twenty bucks a month because the managed host, I use WP Engine, Everyone, people have mm. different preferences, but the customer service is fantastic. My client can get on there, chat with somebody, they'll fix it, no cost, all done. No hacking will happen, or if it does, they'll restore the site because they always have a backup and they'll check your site and make sure anything that was hacked is you know undone. If you don't do that and you pay for $8 server somewhere and you get hacked and on WordPress, it's almost guaranteed that at some point, you know, lowest common denominator on your site gets you know, attacked by a hacker bot, um, then you're going to spend a lot of money trying to get your site back and a lot of time. I know people that have spent weeks trying to get their site back off a cheap hosting service because they got infected at the database level and they don't know how databases, so they didn't know how to fix it. And they didn't want to spend, you know, thousands of dollars to get it fixed, so they literally rebuild their site. So I'm, I'm a big advocate of managed hosting. Also with managed hosting for WordPress, um, you get uh, faster speeds because they, mm -hmm. they optimize the stack to load properly. They handle security. WP Engine has an internal team that tests their security all the time. 
I've never had a site hacked on there. So I've never had to go back to a client and go, oh, your site's down because it got hacked. Let's restore it. So, and I'm not saying they're the only one, just the one I use. Um, although they just took out the ability to use HD access. So they may not be the one I use anymore going forward. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, you can, <laughs> you can actually, you can, it's, it's just, uh, it's just more, it's just easier, but you can, you can do without HD access. You can do everything from, from the, yeah. from the back, back, back office of the server. Every single thing that you put on, in, inside the HD access, uh, but the the f WordPress is uh, is vastly used. So uh, of course it's gonna be the the main target for hackers uh, because they go for. I mean, if if you go for low hanging fruit, exactly, exactly. And uh, we we've talked about this. It's not even real hackers. It's just boats that crawl the web. Yeah. <laughs> it's all it's automated. Yeah, someone bought a bot kit as affiliate marker and just wants to put a link on a thousand sites or something. So, yeah, exactly. Not, not, not very hard. The The issue becomes when, uh, like, this press website that started as a blog about Android I phones. Think, I wonder if we're talking about the same one. We'll have to talk later. I no, no, because it's it. it's in it's a French website, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then we're competing against. So each other. competing, yeah. It's in it's in yeah no because it's in French, so so they don't they don't uh, they oh, don't they don't yeah, speak English. Right. Yeah, yeah, they have their French. <clears throat> but the 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 you start as a little blog, and then yeah, you don't. I mean, it's hard to manage growth, <laughs> and then one day you wake up, and it's too late. It's too big. Uh, complicated, very complicated. If if you don't have, we've talked about that because, again, it, it's a, d a different level. But once you start to get serious about things, not only SEO should not be just an add-on, you must have permanent staff, like SEOs on staff. Um, I have clients who have uh, one person in the team it's so boring that they every week it's a different one. All day, what they do is they stare at the logs, monitoring. Okay, they just monitor the logs, and they have those triggers that uh, that light up when a um, quote unquote important page is not um, performing well enough. So they need to, well, they, they relink it. It's easy. <laughs> the, only, the only real SEO asset that, that, that gets resolved fast called link. Uh, but yeah, one person just looks at those logs all day long, every day of the entire year. Think about it how important that becomes for uh, when you start to get serious and when you especially when 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 the in those type of um old school uh companies where they don't even understand the fucking internet okay <laughs> they they, <laughs> they, they uh, the the seo has to prove has to hustle until the pie okay the traffic pie the seo part is big enough and you have to do whatever it takes if you work uh, for the company don't ask for help you gotta hustle prove 
that uh, you are worth it, then you'll take over and you can block uh, a redesign or whatever, something going to production that's not uh, SEO optimized. But if you don't hustle well enough and that you part, okay, the, the traffic, <laughs> it's very simple. That's how they do things. Uh, they focus on the, the most important. And uh, if uh, in this case, the case I have in my head, uh, when my friend got into the company SEO was maybe Google was less than 7% of the traffic. And when it started to go above 25, 30%, they started to take him seriously before he had no voice. I think though that that is an unfortunate way that we have to do it, which should change. Um, I really wish there was a way to market SEO 101 classes to C-level executives because um, they're often the problem in the company. They do direct down, you know, edicts that are anti-SEO and if they had SEO people that they trusted first, especially someone in the C-level position, so like a, a digital CMO, not the CMO, because that's marketing, but some digital chief digital officer who handled all that stuff and brought tech and marketing together to handle the SEO portion, then those decisions would be informed from the beginning and they wouldn't force top-down decisions that are negative for the site. So then the SEO has 7,000 in traffic, right? Like you just said, and has to prove that SEO works. But I guarantee that 7,000 in traffic because nobody at the top understood how SEO works. Because if you don't understand how SEO works and you know that your team who you already pay can bring you in mm -hmm. millions and millions of dollars if you just give them the authority mm -hmm. to do the SEO properly, you would go, yes, of course. Why wouldn't I? That's free, free traffic because these people are already here. I'm already paying them. I already have content writers. So now they write content SEO. You know, and I already have technical people. Now they do the technical things the SEO tells them to do so they don't make mistakes. And, you know, even the biggest site, I can tell you, if I took a team of the top SEOs that I know, and we went in there, we would find enough to give you 10, 20%, 30% boost. Because most, almost every site in America, I don't know about outside America, does not run SEO strategy from the top. It runs it from the middle, maybe directors, maybe a VP, but they still take it from the sea level down. So I've been in so mm. many, because I'm a consultant. Interesting what you say. Very interesting. I, mm. I've been in so many situations as a consultant where the CEO has to believe it or they won't let it happen. And mm -hmm. and so they need a C-level exec who can say, I know you don't believe this, but I know this works mm -hmm. and we're going to do it because this will bring us revenue. And then if it doesn't, then you can, you know, you can take myself to the cleaners. Mm -hmm. But so that the SEO isn't fighting from the level from the level up. Poor SEO is sitting there like, hey, guys, we need to do this on a page. And everyone above them is like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Can you prove that to us? Could you do the research and send us a document? Yeah, we're going to read that. Oh, we decided that we don't actually agree with that. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to do it. So since it has to be bottom up, like you're saying, prove it. But even when you prove it, they don't always believe it. Yeah. I, one of the sites I'm going to talk about, it, just real quick, they had duplicate technical environments. We made technical fixes that on a, on a core update went up the same amount at the exact same time on two sites that are unrelated product-wise but built on the same technical, the technical structure. Exact same. Changes to one go to the other. I couldn't get them to believe that the 20% jump, which on a site this large was massive, was because of the technical fixes. 
I might lose sleep over what you just said. SEO for C-level executives. Very, very interesting how you uh, brought up that, that question because you're right. It comes down very often to, oh, I think that. <laughs> okay. I hate when they, I think that. Okay, based on what? <laughs> Compared to what? Yeah. <laughs> Come, yeah. like, coming out of what? <laughs> Where? <laughs> Why? Talk, talk, yeah, talking about our topic on sites that made mistakes, there is a site, and I don't know the outcome of this mistake, but there is a site that was going to launch two sub-brands, multi-billion dollar brand, well-known around the United States. No SEO at all. They weren't going to do any SEO on the sub-brands, but they were doing massive marketing campaigns with influencers and celebrities. So all those links that they were doing a year before they're gonna even launch the site, where were they gonna go? All the links that hmm. the celebrities would be tweeting out, all the links that they're gonna to go to the main brand, right? Well, that's great. The main brand already ranked number one for everything. It didn't need all those extra links. The sub brands needed them, but they can't redirect it once the celebrity tweets it out and people pick it up in the press and stuff. They're not gonna to go to all those press houses and get them to redirect it to the sub brand. So they had an SEO there. They would say, okay, first we need to get a, a basic site up explaining what we're doing. Then we do the influencer campaigns and the marketing and the, the TV shows and the ads, because as it's talked about, they'll link to this site, even if it's not fully up yet and we give them the launch date, we've already built a link profile. But if you're not an SEO, that's not the first thing you think about. Mm. You know, you're thinking, and, and it's not wrong that the marketing people, that's what they're thinking. We need to do influencer stuff. There's a missing piece. And I just call it chief digital officer. But unfortunately, usually companies think digital office, dig, that digital side is paid, paid ads, paid marketing. That falls under marketing. That's not SEO. You need someone who understands how all your organic properties work within all the algorithms. Mm -hmm. How does your site work within Facebook algorithms? How does it work within uh, Twitter algorithms? How does it work in Pinterest algorithms? How does it work on SEO algorithms? Right? And then you need that strategy to be top level down and then merged. You don't get a follow link from Twitter, but Twitter does proof or trends. Uh, uh, Google does true proof and trends out of Twitter because they have a fire hose. Mm. So if they need to surface something because it's a trend or a news story or something, they get that information from Twitter right away. And then that can change because they have that little extra in the algorithms where if it's a news story or a quick trend, they'll surface it. Well, a company could make big bank off of that, right? But they don't have an SEO at the top who understands how all this works together. And so their marketing people don't know this and their technical people don't know this. They may know a little here and a little there. Mm. So you need someone that bridges that gap between strategies because they're still acting like they're a brick and mortar store with an online presence instead of an online presence with a brick and mortar store. Well, uh, I'm sorry for... The media. I'm sorry for the press. I'm sorry for the papers, especially. But if you guys can't figure out how to make money out of free traffic from Google, uh, well, sorry guys, you deserve to disappear. That's just uh, and and the way the way they are now, like endangered species, and and they have and fed Google actually gave them a lot of money and not the governments and everything you you um if if you can't adapt uh you will eventually 
I mean, playing the endangered species card uh, is only going to last so long. The market decides, we decide, the public, if uh, we prefer to read uh, our stuff on a phone or, uh, I mean, a screen instead of paper, you have to... um, TV replaced radio, computer, re- I mean, phone yeah. replaced. Uh, it's just TV is um, surprising me. TV is still holding, yeah. holding on. It, it, it's still very, it's still the most powerful. Uh, I thought the web would take over TV a lot quicker, but uh, no, they, they're still, uh, they're not going well, anywhere. You know, and the other thing, if let's say, just back tracking a little bit, if they don't want to do like a, a, a higher paying someone that's that level, they still should have a consultant like you or myself that they, they advise on big decisions and, you know, call in and have meetings with and sit down with them and explain why this would work and why this doesn't work and why when you, because what happens is they do the bad thing, right? And they spend all that time and development money and research development money on the bad thing. Because the bad thing meaning they're not going to get the the kick for their dollar that they thought they're going to get, and then the SEOs are like, "Well, I know why. Because uh, uh, you did this, and it doesn't work in the algorithms, so we can fix it." But now the developers have to add that to their project list. Um, like I had a site in 2019 that wasn't um, mobile responsive, and they didn't know about mobile first because they had one SEO that they never consulted. So when I got there, I'm sorry, 2018, I got there and I'm like, hey guys, uh, you have to become mobile responsive. You can't got to get off your MDOT. Google said this like years ago. And and I confirmed with uh, John Mueller that if the MDOT and the um, uh, regular site would get, conf- Google would get confused in mobile first rankings. So uh, it wasn't ideal. You could work with it, but it would not give you the best mm. results. So they had to redo. They had to add to their project list, their massive project list of developers, to make the site responsive, get it off the MDOT, which took 13 months. Right? So had <laughs> when they gone mobile, when they added that MDOT, had they consulted an SEO? I know I know exactly when they switched because I gave a talk on switching that Google confirmed in the talk, uh, other talk at the same time. Um, I think it was around 2011 that they confirm that you don't don't do m dots we want you to move to responsive and this is 2018 2019 they had they were still on m dot somebody in that time pro- might have told them but because nobody at the c level had mm-hmm. an advisor who said no they're right no you need to do that because mm-hmm. consultants often our job is just to confirm what the seo is internally already telling them to do right to higher level people we we have the ability to uh, I mean we both uh, like photography and um, we 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 they have uh, like a macro lens and we have a yeah. wide angle lens. Yeah. Uh, it's just a different perspective, different view. Uh, but you need a consultant to have this wide angle lens because yeah. you are you're every day in your in your stuff daily and days goes by and you just uh, you can't uh, you need you need to to step back and uh, consultants uh, even if Steve Jobs always said uh, always said uh, consultant is wasted talent <laughs> <laughs> you know though I will guarantee if any C-level person is watching right now and you contacted like a you or me and had us come in 
or come in with a small team of people to review their site and advise them on their decisions, they would have an instant advantage over their competitors because their competitors aren't doing that. Oh, for sure. Right? So, for sure. Yeah. The, one of my secret trick is, is just internal linking, focusing on, on, on yeah. really the, it's, uh, it's right now, I think the most undervalued asset, uh, the, the yeah. power of, of, of strong uh, internal linking, because you you buy a, or you, I mean, you don't have to buy it. It could be free like WordPress, uh, but you have an infrastructure, you have a CMS that offers you uh, some possibilities to organize your content. Well, uh, that might not be the most efficient way to, um, from a SEO's perspective. And, and then right. uh, uh, it's not even about like losing ranking, or, but, but y you will see, and sometimes for certain sites, okay, extreme example is um, real estate website, uh, national, big one, and they had a footer uh, the footer of the website had a random 300 random links that were, <laughs> you know, changing on every page. Uh, and, and of course, when I size build like nice silos and, and everything organized, uh, did like times eight or nine, uh, incredible growth. And what's crazy is the SEO, uh, that was uh, did the job. I mean, I was I was uh, I was coaching the, S the SEO, and he went to ask for a raise a raise of the salary. I think like two hundred euros. The boss said no. The guy left. <laughs> there were no, no SEO anymore, and they called me like a couple of years later. They were like, "Oh my god, everything turned. <laughs> we had back down again." I was like, "Where is the guy?" Well. And and he was pretty good because he is now the head of. Um, I mean, he's uh, he's over overseeing like I think like thirty SEO consultant for one of the biggest SEO firms in Europe. So I guess the guy had serious skills, right? <laughs> and for two hundred bucks a month, someone who brings you growth like times eight or nine on a massive uh, like national level i got forgot the numbers it was a while ago but but yeah it's if you are into tech uh pay well involve your tech people <laughs> be serious about tech it's uh, marketing is not <laughs> no no you need you need serious tech people because you are in the tech industry one way or another yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 people don't realize a lot of time because i still get ceos who want to hire me and they're like so we want to do title tags and content optimization i'm like and what else well, that's all we need to do. Like, okay, I'm not taking that job um, because because I guarantee you that there are technical things, site architecture, internal linking, anchor text, uh, site page design, all those things that you can improve. Carts, carts are always horrible um, for optimization. I, I had one cart I worked with. Here's on the mistakes we're talking about. Where um, two things: one, the site had free shipping always. That was one of their things. They didn't have it anywhere on the site till you got to the cart. Except to get to your cart, you had to create an account. 
mm. or sign in. So Christmas season, you're looking, everyone else has free shipping at the top of their, their site or $40 shipping for free or whatever, right? This site built on free shipping. Nowhere does it say free shipping until <laughs> you look in the cart, but you can't get to the cart without signing or creating an account. So guess what happens when people get to that page? They're like, I just wanted to know the shipping. I don't know if I want to purchase it. I'm not going to waste my time filling out a form. Exactly. So I'm leaving. So I told the team that uh, the, that year. I said, why is this like this? Oh, should we should we take out the login? I go, yeah. Or or the page before, put the shipping is free. Because it said to be determined until you got to the cart. So they did that. And they got like an instant like 20% boost on their cart conversions. Because... And this is a multi-billion dollar company, so they were successful, but just by fixing the cart, they increased their sales 20%. And that's the thing is on a site, just even if you have the best people in the world, it doesn't mean they're bad designers or bad coders. There's so many moving parts on a site that things get overlooked. And when you bring in a consultant who audits these things, they can show you where your issues are. And so you can get better profits and the way i always tell you i see it is because our job is standing between people getting hired and fired and if we improve True. the site and we improve the traffic and we improve the sales then people keep their jobs and i find that that's how i find importance in what we do um, is because we're making sure that people can feed their families and they don't get fired because somebody put shipping in the cart that you had to log into and so it reminds me of a, of a client where well, in France, uh, your driving license, if you, if you get a, a, a fine, you lose points on your license. And when you have no more points, you have to take like a paying course uh, to, to get back your points and a big scam at the end, official scam <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, and my client was the cheapest of all of everybody. He was the cheapest, okay? The, and that was like his number one selling point. But it was nowhere said on the page, on the on the site. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you, you're the cheapest and you don't even say it? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, but Why we, don't you put <laughs> we we uh, we went a little bit far from take your hosting seriously to uh, to to free shipping or, or uh, you are the cheapest. So now we are getting serious into number three. Okay, well, um, so same site that had the cart issue. Uh, let's see where to start on that one. Let's just start on the one that's easiest and compartmentalized. Uh, I looked at Search Console and they had. 2 billion pages being monitored by Google on a site that had 2 million product pages and probably 10,000 others. Mm. And so I'm like, what the heck is going on here? How did they have, I've never seen 2 billion. I had to look at it like five times and read it out loud. This is in where they like showed you what they're monitoring. Not, this isn't current search, search console where it's like index coverage, all that. This is the old version where it's just like, hey, there's these pages we know about and we're following them. And I was like, how do you get to 2 billion? By the way, that blows the whole crawl budget thing out of the water because they were still crawling most of these pages. Um, but uh, so I look and I realize they have a faceted nav on a, a single page application. 
So for those that don't know, a single application, if it's not programmed in a certain way, um, Google's crawler can go in there and make a page for every single item on the site, every SKU, every color, every option that you have, which is what it did. So if you have, a, let's say, a certain top and it comes in blue and red and orange and small and medium and large, it will pick up all those and create a page. Now, the page doesn't exist anywhere. It's just Google's crawler was able to kick something in the FAFSA nav to create the page. So they created 2 billion um, parameter pages, basically, out of the 2 million products. Wow. So yeah, yeah. So um, so we went in and we used a, a combination of um, JavaScript and jQuery. I think Ajax is in there too, okay. where basically the link does not appear in the code or on the page. It requires a user action. Mm to make the link active. So Google never interacts with the page. If you're new to SEO, you may not know. Uh, Google does a 22,000 pixel window. They don't interact with the page itself. And so if it requires JavaScript to make something appear with a click or a scroll, it won't activate it. So we use that to shut down all the parameters on the products so that they wouldn't have 2 billion pages they created. And uh, we got it down to 2 million pages and um, our rankings went immediately, you know, immediately a couple months, immediately quite significantly upwards, about 30%. Well, it, it was a custom CMS? Or, 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 oh, yeah. Uh, because um, I don't even know if you guys uh, outside of France know about this um, e-commerce uh, CMS called the PrestaShop. It, it's, a, it's a Magento wannabe, kind of... Kind of um, uh, and they, they have like a inferior complexity. Uh, well, whatever doesn't matter. E-commerce, uh, e-commerce. Uh, you build your shop uh, uh, easily, a uh, couple of clicks, uh, and you are on. Okay. Problem was the cart. You were talking about the cart. Okay. The 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 cart was. Uh, you had the option to put a HTML version or an Ajax, uh, Ajax version. And if you use the HTML version, every time you click on it, it creates an ID URL. And same principle, every Google boat would just click and click and click nonstop. And it was, uh, it, it was only a, a 3000 product website, but it had 300,000 pages. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so the, they use the React, which is a single page web application and a single page. They're called spas, single page application. So the way it's programmed in the back end, there is not an official page. The page is like served, but it's not existing. Mm. So if you create an HTML site, you have a page for everything. You can inventory it. You know, it's there. Google doesn't create other pages. But in the single page applications, Google can dynamically because single page applications dynamically create pages can just create pages and pages and pages if you have a leak. So um, some of the leaks that are most common are faceted navigation links where you allow Google to roll through all the available options and it just keeps combining them and making 300,000 or 2 billion pages. So it, uh, Google both, uh, will, will like try to fill out forms and stuff. Don't you think that the, the, the job is reversed from the early days when back then we had to help index a website 
<laughs> today we have to stop it from indexing itself too much. <laughs> so, a little bit. We have to make sure it can crawl it properly. Indexing crawl it properly. Yeah, but, so, but back then, like I'm talking static websites, right? If you yeah. didn't link it properly, if uh, you remember, like 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 the slash, and then you had the folder, like all the all the files appearing. Yeah. If, you, uh, if yeah. you didn't have the index page uh, at, the, at the root, um, but yeah, it does feel from uh, from an audit point of view that uh, from from helping to index, <laughs> we have to yeah. put on pull on, pull the brakes on, on indexing now. Well, yeah, and the difference is a lot of the con the newer um, development methods, because like React is not technically a stack. Angular is, I mean, uh, libraries. Sorry, I got my words backwards. But anyway, um, a lot of the modern uh, methods of programming create dynamic pages. So the old days they were static. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't tell Google it was there, it didn't create it because yeah. it couldn't. Yeah. had to be there, had to be present. In the newer um, types of programming methods, uh, often Google can create a page that doesn't exist because you've allowed it to create it with a, a leak, uh, just called a JavaScript leak yeah. or a nav, acid and nav leaks are the biggest. Or okay. um, question mark, yeah. question mark, yeah. okay? Question yeah. mark in yeah. the URL and put whatever you want uh, after. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, on this, on this site, when we get into the next two, one okay. of the things you could do. So let's go, do... let's go, number okay. two. <laughs> so we'll lead up to the biggest one. But one of the things you could do, because it was a, a site that was create, dynamically creating its pages, um, you could just link to the site with a URL and that would create the page because it was dynamically created. There was no lockdown for that done at the development level. So just link and create. So you can imagine who might enjoy being able to just create a page on a site <laughs> by linking to it with keywords. And I know. they might be in Russia and they might be porn or pharmaceuticals, but. But they uh, also, and I will get to the bigger problem after that. So that is one of the problems. So when you have these dynamic page creations like React and Angular and stuff like that, you can create a situation where anybody can create a page on your site that you don't know exists because unless Google indexes it, because it's not actually a page, the parameters create a dynamic page on the site that lives there until it doesn't anymore. So we, this site was selling Mozilla downloads, it was selling uh, Viagra, it was selling porn, it was selling... Now, we get to the bigger problem is they had what is known as an XSS vulnerability on the site, which is a way that someone can intercept man-in-the-middle attack. As someone comes to your site, they can intercept that person and then they can direct their experience from there, but use your site's rankings to get traffic. So I looked at the, the Google search console and there were four letters that were the number four traffic term on the site. And I was like, I wonder what that product is. And no product doesn't exist on the site. So that's weird. So let me Google that product. Oh, they're not a product. It's a porn site that doesn't, <laughs> it's not popular in America, but popular other places of the world. So I'm like, well, how is this porn site ranking? And I do, most sites that have um, issues with um, being hacked, it's public information. And so I found out that they had had this XSS vulnerability on the site for 20 years. 
and they had just shut it down the month I started. So, so they I, I was to... right. I was right on my bet. I knew that this was uh, this was going to be number two. <laughs> no, no, no. This is all a big one. Like this could be like ten. So the XSS vulnerability allowed them to use the site not just for ranking purposes, but to redirect traffic. So we had eighty thousand visits over two months, but they never actually hit a page on the site. They redirected to the porn site. So this is where I say Google is like uh, totally not as good as they say on links. The other vulnerability was in the search box, if you don't shut down a search box to not allow it to create a page for terms not related to your site on dynamically created pages, they can create pages. And so they would put in the search box the spam that they were trying to sell and it would inject those words into the URL, the H1, the title and description, and the H1 could be any length. So they would put whole paragraphs in there. Um, so when I did uh, a reverse look on the keywords on the site, I found all these spammy keywords. And so and then I found out that the search box was open and anything you typed in there created a page. So if you add to that, I can use a bot to create pages. They had 200,000 pages that were selling um, I think it was Viagra. That was Viagra pages. But I couldn't get anyone at the sea level to care. Well, how are they going to run across these? And I'm like, well, if someone, if someone does a search for these things, you might come up for these things because they're indexed. These weren't just pages they created. Google had indexed all these pages. And why? Because they sent spam links to these pages with the same terms. Mm. Google saw, Google knew this is a $2 billion 20-year-old e-commerce site, but it matched the keywords to the anchor text on the URLs, Got it. and that created a link, and Google said, oh, well, this page is relevant for this, mm -hmm. this link, right? So they didn't get devalued. Mm -hmm. So I had to disavow 13 million, and people joke like Russian. I go, no, these were actually from Russia. They were Dart RUs. <laughs> but, but to make it more complicated, I couldn't just get rid of the Dart RU. TLD because they actually had a presence in Ukraine. Oh, so I had I couldn't just eliminate all links because oh, their site no. in Ukraine, <laughs> which was a major buyer site for them, would go away. So yeah, I yeah. had to actually sort through and determine how many links to remove and which to remove and eliminate all the porn spam. So, um, so, so, I, so, so you learn some language, uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you learn some new words in there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was funny. I was at their company doing this for like 13 hours on the links. And I, I, I messaged the guy from uh, IT who used to work at Department of Defense. And I was like, hey, um, if I accidentally click on one of these internally, I just want to let you know so that you don't think I'm looking up porn spam from your offices and they're like if you can get to a porn spot a site from within our offices please let me know <laughs> like, okay so so it gets but it gets bigger than that so i can't get the c level to care about it vp c level it wasn't c level it was vp level until i found that they put blasphemies in there against the prophet muhammad Oh, shit. And I put that in our quarterly review as one of my slides. And you wouldn't believe how fast that became the number one priority on the site to get that fixed, which was really good because a few months later, three weeks before Black Friday on a $2 billion e-commerce site, 
they got a manual action for user-generated content for the spam that was going into the search box. So we were about to experience a massive devaluation right before Black Friday. So what I did is I took the list of URLs they gave us. We fixed those because mm -hmm. the project to fix them was going to take a few months. And I knew that they would review that first being how big the site was. They weren't going to just automatically devalue. They're going to review what we submitted back. If we submitted back right away, we did. It took them until after Black Friday, right before shipping stopped to come back and say they denied us. We didn't fix it. And then we went down. So I managed to get us all the way through the holiday without the devaluation applying until right about shipping ended. So it didn't affect us too greatly. Then I worked with the programmers to create a, um, a whitelist because we couldn't do a blacklist because their pro products had names, sexual names in them because it's fashion. Mm. So you couldn't just mm -mm. say, don't, don't show any of these words. Shut down that search box. Shut down all the pages with any of these content. And we spent... Um, because some of the pages that were created in that search box were legitimate and people trafficked them all the time, but they weren't pages that the site put up. They're site generated by users. So we had to go through all the URLs and make sure that we only delisted all the URLs that were spammy and didn't accidentally delist URLs that weren't. So we went through 500,000 URLs Oof. by hand. Oof. Yeah. And we went through 3 million with like, you know, find, seek and find and stuff, AI, all that. But 500,000 had to go through by hand, check their traffic, mm -hmm. created the, the list, the, the blacklist, and then they, they removed it as soon as we showed them that we, and we did the next reconsideration report. They removed the manual action. But that's probably the biggest set of mistakes. <laughs> and the reason is the site was developed at a time when the developers just made it easy for themselves. And they didn't realize because they, didn't, they only had one poor guy doing SEO who they didn't really talk to how massive all this stuff could become. Like you and I know, open search box, spammer delight, like close that thing down ASAP. We, I check that on every site that I work in e-commerce, right? Um, so, and nobody noticed the keyword that popped up number four was weird and looked at that. I look at it and go, why are there four letters, random letters? I don't, that's not a product I'm aware of. And so, so had not done all that in-depth stuff because I'm an SEO with a lot of experience in technical and recovering sites. That would have gone on, and right before Black Friday, they would have lost all their traffic. Uh, it wasn't a case as um, as bad as yours. Uh, it was more like, a, how can I explain it? Uh, there's all those what we would call like yeah, zombie pages or whatever, just the spam indexing against your will <laughs> kind of <laughs> so yeah uh, indexing the, the search box and uh, and so on so uh, we cleaned that out but then the reports in front of the board yeah of course the the, the charts and everything else didn't look the same uh, because because you removed all that stuff so um uh, they were like, yeah, but I was like, okay, this is, if you kept that way, it's guaranteed that you will hit the wall. So it was a, maybe, maybe, maybe I should have let you get penalized by Google, let you crash and burn uh, before removing of that crap. 
uh, because you just care about the only thing you care is looking good in front of uh, like when you do your keynote and you know, I mean your your slide <laughs> your deck uh, and then yeah, uh, like I don't know it's just curves just change the <laughs> change the scale they won't notice like it doesn't matter they just be kids anyway but but they were like yeah but look we lost all this stuff yeah of course you lost it but that was crap that was not good <laughs> you know and sometimes you have to let them do that right because you've tried you've given your case you've supported it you documented it so it doesn't fall back on you and they keep saying no so you go okay you'll come back to me in six months or or in the case of the site that didn't want to do any seo on the sub brands 13 months and tell me now you want to do it or do what I told you to do. And because sometimes you just can't fight it. It just doesn't make any sense. You've told them everything. You've explained it. You've laid out the case and they still don't want to do it. Now, in the case of me putting that slide in, knowing the impact mm. was because I knew that they could suffer greatly. Let's just say the press found it. Let's just say the press found Prophet Muhammad pages. Oh, no, but, and they were, it was, I'm not going to get into it because it's very graphic. Plus someone might, look for it and that would be bad if any of them still exist internet what if, remembers everything <laughs> what if the press found that what yeah. if they found that because it was obviously ranking for the porn site so that you know um for other things but those pages could be found because you could search them and search there were like hundreds and hundreds of pages about prophet muhammad so you know if i hadn't put that slide in and shocked him to change then um, they would have had that, that penalty and the site would have suffered greatly. Oh, and here's one more mistake at that company. This is the last one. Um, Black Friday week, uh, on, over the weekend, the guy I work with, he's like, I just noticed we have no Black Friday pages. And I'm like, what do you mean we have no Black Friday pages? And he goes, he goes yeah, what do we do? We have no Black Friday pages. I go, so I, I contact the, the, the product content team and they're like, well, we just decided we'll put the products up on the homepage the day of Black Friday. I go, no, 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 no. For anyone who doesn't know, Google massively cleans out the search results and puts up all sorts of Black Friday sale stuff in the search results that week or even a couple of weeks before now. So you're missing out on all that traffic. Mm -hmm. So fortunately, I found out I knew the guy who ran all the Black Friday sites. And I had them when I got to work on Monday with the guy I worked with. It was awesome. Got them to put up the Black Friday pages. We optimized them real quickly. Contacted the guy who had the Black Friday sites. Got him to add the updated pages to all their Black Friday sites. And we got at least 80% of our traffic for the week. But no Black Friday pages at an e-commerce site. <laughs> like, like... Oops. Oops. <laughs> Sorry. Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So. I liked, uh, uh, to, as, a, as a conclusion, I, I, I think, especially for the youngsters uh, who uh, are listening, and I know uh, because I'm coaching uh, CEOs and I have a program where I'm, it's not only about the technical aspect of SEO, it's also about the business, uh, how to become a SEO and not just learn SEO. And what I noticed is too many of them uh, are too passionate about the client. And at the end of the day, it's not your site, it's not your company, okay? You have to let it go. You, 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 can't, you, you can't get too, it's not your website, okay? <laughs> Just, uh, you've done, um, you did your best. you've did yeah. your best. I don't know how you do it, but 
every single call is mandatory recorded uh, by the client. I know what I say. I want it on <laughs> on on record because um, because uh, someone will try to twist it around and oh, you said that. Uh, oh, really? You think that I said it? Yeah, let's go back and listen to to check. Uh, be, uh, anyway, or you report or whatever you you have to do to protect yourself, because if they keep on uh, not listening and going the other way, uh, it happens. It, it will happen that uh, will come back to you because uh, well, <laughs> you're you're an easy target and you're on like an. Uh, um, yeah. Like like on the plane where they eject like the seat, you know, like they press we the button. No, we get no respect going trying to get things to go up. But the minute something goes yeah. down, you're the first person. They're like, <laughs> so why'd this happen? You're like, I don't know, because I have nothing to do with that. But yeah, I always, I don't do recordings. That's uh, um, a good idea to do recordings. But um, a lot of my companies are, I'm on all these strict NDAs. And so um, what I do is recap it in an email with a document outlining everything I suggest I told them to do, how to do it, references to like developer docs, um, that we talked about it. And so at least it's covered that I did tell them, I did inform them of the potential issue. Now, it's also when do you push back, right? So um, I have one site where they have um, a GDPR script at the top of the site that's adding three seconds page load, just the script alone before you get to any content. With CWVs coming up, that's massive. So I will push very hard on that. But if it's something like you don't want to optimize title text properly, but they're doing okay, I'll push to a certain point, but then I let it go. So there are certain things I will really, really push and be like, really, this has to happen. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't push everything. I choose my battles, but I will. But if there's still a point where they just push back, push back, I write the document, I put in my suggestions and recommendations, I put in how they fix it, I send it over. So at least in a PDF format, not a Word doc. Um, and then at least they have it that's been received. There's no way to come back to me and say they didn't know. So that's that's the highest level of SEO when you are able to focus on the tw ten to twenty percent, or, or just the the handful of tweaks that will bring ninety percent of the results, and and let go of of everything else because it's not worth it you have also as a consultant you must be able to self-destruct your preconization for example yeah. i don't know something like uh okay you edit a magento website and you're like uh if it was an automatic audit it would say hey you have to ex externalize all those uh gs uh, scripts right Okay, good luck. Good luck with that. <laughs> good luck. Good luck externalizing uh, all the scripts and all the CSS on the, on the Magento uh, website. Yeah, one yeah. of the biggest things I do when I work for a company is I let, uh, one, I edit down when I prioritize. Hey, if we have time to do these other little things, throw them in your, you know, your, however you're working, whether you're doing Agile, whatever, your, your plot of timelines, whenever. One year, two years, just sometime get it in. But the big things, yes, push for those to get added. Because I've worked with developers in developer groups before I was an SEO because I was a front-end dev. Um, I understand the, they are always overtaxed and under-resourced. And so if you they feel you're wasting their time with stuff that doesn't move the needle, 
you will eventually get full pushback. They will not do anything. So I always try to let everybody I'm working with as a consultant know I'm there to help them. I'm there to help them to succeed. If you're a dev and this is really complicated, let me know. I it doesn't may not need to be done in a month. I said a month because you know it would be nice to get that, but maybe we can put it out six months or eight months. But I need something else done now because that can move the needle hugely for less effort. So you have to understand not just SEO, but how development works, how content groups work, right? Because you can't give somebody something to do that their process won't allow them to do, mm. or it will make their processes impossible. Oh. Because a dev team already has a stack of projects this big with a bunch of others interjected that already moved this stack off the timeline. And now you're coming in, you go, I want these 50 things done. And they're like, good luck, nice to know you, right? But, but if you're like, I need these three things done because I know they'll move the needle, 20, 30, 50%, 90%. Let's get these three things done. And they're like, okay, fine. Can you give me a way to do it? Sure, here's the developer docs from Google. Here's how you measure that. Here's how you test that. Then they have everything. And they can't come back on you. Um, And they usually don't come back on you. Some do. There are some developers who aren't really good or they're kind of lazy. And they will push back on everything. So it's also good to know about developer speak because you know when they're lying because they just don't want to do it. Right. You so. you have to. Uh, I mean, I'm definitely not at your level of of, uh, of uh, development, but I yeah, I, I coded started with basic and Pascal and all that <laughs> stuff back in the days. Uh, I just didn't go into PHP. But the the thing is, if you do understand developers and the mindset, because uh, they they play with that of being on their own kind of world and uh, being the 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 weirdo of the in the company that they, they control it all. The dev yeah. controls your yeah. timeline, yeah. right? So and and bribing them with candy and you know a few beers if they drink it's never a bad thing, but making them including them in in how you do it, never forcing things on them um, without getting their input on how difficult that might be for them to put that on the site but, but also uh, go ahead I said no go, go. no I was gonna say but also you know when you're getting pushback that's mm. fake because they just don't want to do it because that also happens no I, I was just adding that the way you explain things if you know how to talk in code okay in in a way that they understand um because because it's a just different language it's just a different mindset and uh uh, you are you 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 need to translate into uh, their uh, thought process, which is uh, more or less, uh, yeah, out in space. <laughs> I would say. Yeah, and you, and you also have, you also have to appreciate the amount of work most of them are given with few resources. So you might have a team of four people supporting mm. an entire billion-dollar company, or a team of eight, minus I mean, at a time, the different work hours, but. But, um, and if you've got four to eight developers supporting, in this case, they were supporting five websites, two main websites, and billions of dollars of sales. And I came in and said, well, you need to be responsive and mobile. And they're like, and when will we do that? But I'm like, well, mobile first isn't moving over until X. They've changed the dates a few times, but at that time it was in 2019 or 20, it was gonna move over. And so I said, just as long as you're done then, it just has to be done then. And it has to be rolled out before they shift over to full mobile first. So they're like, okay, we can do that. You're giving me like 15 months to get this done? Yeah, 
okay, we can do that because it wasn't important. It got done mm. before mobile first rolls out, but it was very important mm -hmm. because they weren't getting moved over to mobile first because they couldn't meet parity, which by the way is really important right now, just to throw it out there. If anyone hears this before it happens, um, March is when they're rolling out the final mobile first. If you have not been moved over to mobile first in Google Search Console, it means they can't find parity between your, your desktop site and your mobile site in terms of content and what's on the site. And you need to analyze real quickly what's missing or why it's not doing that so that you don't get left out because that's when all the ranking factors, except for a few hybrids, move to mobile. And if you haven't been moved to mobile first, that means you have a different site than your desktop and you may drop in your ranking significantly. So. <laughs> I wanted to rebound on the, the people um, tripping over the, the web core virals. Like, <laughs> That's so funny, though. Come on, guys. It's been, it's been so long that we focus on, on page well, speed and stuff. And you just yeah. care now? Like, <laughs> it's so funny because I looked up the dates. The original page speed was 2010-11. And then they added it to mobile ranking factors 2018. And then I hear all these people like, does it matter? And I'm like, it matters as much as you thought it mattered for the last decade. Because okay. I know it matters, you know it matters, but there are a lot of SEOs who are like, it doesn't matter. Well, guess what? Then please don't do anything so I can continue to have the edge over you. Because when I fix those, my site gets major boosts. So Ca Caffeine, uh, caffeine uh, so that when Google changed the... Um not the ranking algorithm, but the infrastructure. Yeah. If I give an image, it's it's the same uh, driver, but it goes from uh, from like a average car to a, to a Porsche uh, 911 or or GT2, um, and that was 2009, August 2009, that they 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 upgraded the infrastructure and they started to to request. Uh, performance from from websites so it's been uh 12 years <laughs> yeah and I, I i classify google algorithms as uh they started with spam algorithms then they moved to usability algorithms like page feed and page layout and yeah. and now now they moved to quality algorithms you know where it's all all the quality factors all the ranking factors core updates quality um so that's how they've broken them down so they're just moving the page speed metrics, which, by the way, have been in the developer documentation for at least five to six years um, and then updated in 2018 for mobile. So I've been giving that to clients and audits forever. Um, it, and, and so now they're moving it and call it page experience factors. And they added a couple others in there like HTTPS, um, interstitials, things that are already there, but now just lumping them there. So they're moving it into quality for page experience which is page speed is part of that. Core Web Vitals and shifting is part of that. I think the shifting is the only thing they really added that was new. Everything else is just a standardization of the other page speed metrics that they've always been using to be more versatile across the web and scalable because before it was based on like things that weren't under the developer's control and now they're under the developer's control. Mm. Um, so the other thing though, I wanna get this term out there. I want it to become a thing. Don't chase the GSC dragon. Don't what chase I mean the GSC dragon. Yeah, okay. because you're going to have this core web vitals thing in there, right? Now, page speeds always mattered, but you had to measure it yourself. Now they have core web vitals and two screens, mobile and desktop. I checked with John today. They're only doing ranking factors on mobile. 
But um, those green lines and dots are four weeks old and only a sample of your users over 30 days. <laughs> so you're not getting one, a current representation of your site. Two, you can have page speed issues. I had a site I just evaluated. Horrible page speed issues, all greens, right? Probably because they're sitting at home during the pandemic on their high, high dollar inter, you know, internets because they're in Europe, most of them. And so um, in the US, not so much on the high speed internet. <laughs> but, but so that Core Web Vitals are measuring your users' time ex page experience with mm -hmm. download from their devices in their environments. And that's where the greens come from. So if a month ago, they all, let's just say the pandemic happened tomorrow, didn't happen. The first lockdown happened. So people went from using mobile devices and work devices and devices in schools and slow devices in all sorts of places, travel, whatever. And all of a sudden, now they're at home on their fast Wi-Fi, right? All your users, well, you suddenly just went all green. <laughs> and you're like, wow, what did we do? We weren't green before, now we're all green. You're all green because your customers just changed their environment to high-speed internet, <laughs> right? So you still need to evaluate your site with lab metrics using um, you know, web page test tools, crawlers like Screaming Frog and Sightbulb, um, your own G Google Analytics, which will tell you how PageSpeed has been doing, um, because you cannot rely on those three greens uh, to be an accurate measure of your site today. And you can't be uh, what you tell developers, and this is chasing the dragon, because you can't tell developers, you need to look at that GDC report and make sure it stays green because they will just quit doing it at all. Because it's going to change all the time based on a, a sampling of your users. Of course, of course. Yeah. So they all went to a festival. They all traveled. They, they all went from high-speed Wi-Fi in Europe and went to America for their vacations during mm. the summer. And suddenly their Wi-Fi all dropped. And you're wondering why you suddenly aren't green anymore. Well, that's why. So you really just need to continue. I checked with John today. Continue using the fast uh, 3G, slow 4G, Nexus 5X test environment. Because if you hit those metrics... Um, that are outlined in the developer guide, you get the exact metrics you have to hit, then you'll be green all the time because your users will always be faster unless you're in a country where they have slow internet like you talked about earlier, like mm -hmm. in, in Southeast Asia. Um, they'll always be faster in the Western countries than that metric. But you need to find your lowest common denominator, give that of to course. your developers, yeah. give the developers the, the, the guide on the metrics they have to meet and say, this test environment, these metrics, you need to meet this here because otherwise you're going to, just they're just going to quit doing it if you're like here's the gsc report we're yellow today could you fix that four weeks later we're red four weeks later we're green mm. developers like i don't have time to constantly <laughs> work on and there's also um in the feed with google, uh with john today someone posted something you can put in google tag manager that will report on all your pages so if you do the lowest common denominator put in a script like that and then monitor pages with high traffic that have severe issues, then you can just fix the few issues as they pop up, as opposed to like trying to chase that, that graph. That graph's only for SEO. It's a good concept. Uh, it, it, it reminds me that I forgot to mention when we, when we spoke about mobile that uh, my advice is, guys, don't, the, the web developer toolbar, uh, no. Go to, if you're under your eyes, go to Best Buy or wherever you are with 
all those devices and you have to test the website for real on the devices the different version of the operating system the the, the real screens and everything because um, the emulators uh, don't tell the whole truth and uh, you might have surprises with um so it's common sense but also um we have to stay reasonable with one thing one single seo can't hold the entire knowledge uh, you uh, well it's pretty rare now but i remember when i had to deal with um windows servers you know asp <laughs> type of websites i had to go get help from someone who knew better than me so i think also the power or, or, or the strength of a good consultant is not only the knowledge but the people he or she knows yes uh, definitely definitely if a big company called me today and said we'd like you to consult with us on improving our entire presence i would say okay but i'm going to bring on x y and z as well because they specialize in areas I don't. And if you want a real boost, we want to make sure you have all experts in all areas. Exactly. Yeah. And last thing is, don't be, I've seen too many consultants who, who always need to have an answer, like right away. Um, you can't say, hey, I'll come back to you, okay? Let me check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll get back don't to you hire that person that never says i don't know because <laughs> i have to bear because google changes it so often right they changed the core web vital metrics just in the last couple of weeks so how many people know that probably not a lot yet because it was only reported like by barry on twitter and on you know his site but uh at first um but not everyone can know everything not everyone can know all the changes so I always check unless I absolutely know. Like I just talked to John about core of vitals. So I just told you everything that we clarified. But if I hadn't had that conversation today and you asked me a question about core of vitals, I'd be like, you know what? I got to go look that up because I don't know for sure because it's fuzzy right now. They haven't come out with a lot of clear statements on how things are going to be handled. Um, so I always check. I also double check things I think I know because it could have changed. In the last time I worked with a site that had the problem a year ago or two years ago or six months ago. It's a cognitive bias because you, you got hired and you're supposed to, you are the expert. Uh, no, no, chill, <laughs> relax. You, you're, you, can't, you can't say that uh, you need to double check or whatever. Uh, you, you don't need to... To pretend that you uh, you know everything it's okay it's okay but no, that's okay. that comes with experience i guess uh, after you after you pretended once once here's what i did it was a i knew that i had in front of me a team of engineer uh, i forgot what kind of technology they were using but something weird, and and uh, I had no clue uh, how to deal with that. So I had my sysadmin in in my ear. Uh, the, the 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 whole team was on the speakers. So 
I had help inside <laughs> coming in and I could uh, I could deal with those people who were engineers and very high level because <laughs> I had uh, that's the only time that I did it that way uh, because otherwise you know you have one meeting you have <laughs> you have 40 minutes to make your point and and it was a battle it was uh, it was a battle between uh, okay we are going this way or this way and uh, I found this little trick to have um, to have the, <laughs> the that's, a great, that's a great idea if you're under a situation like that and then and then also you know you don't when we talk about knowing like development you, I'm not talking about you have to know how to program in Angular or React or PHP but you do have to understand the SEO implications but the developer how much it taxes developers to do something and, and the limitations so if I'm like, hey, guys, we have 2 billion pages and we have a faceted nav leak, I'll find you a solution because I know that can be done with a JavaScript. Then the solutions are out there as long as I know those basics. And then I hand them it from Google Developer Docs every time if I can get it from Google Developer Docs. I always add that to my search, Google Developer Docs. Mm -hmm. And then I just hand them the Google Developer Doc who lay out everything down to the code. Of course. So I just can give them something that they can work from because I understand the problem but I don't have to understand all the details of how it's implemented. I just have to understand why it's an issue and then find them a solution for that issue. Faceted nav leak, Google developer docs. Oh, there's a doc for that. There you go. And, and we're done. So it's, uh, it's crazy how much uh, documentation by Google is out there. Very valuable yeah. documentation. Yeah. People spend a lot of time and money on, on building this documentation. And and uh, uh, John included doesn't point it out. <laughs> you guys gotta use that. You, you, I mean, how, how come you always? Uh, there is good resource out there. Official Google resources that yes. didn't exist. No, uh, we didn't have that before. coming up. <laughs> we had a <laughs> it, it, It's a, it's amazing. I mean, it's a lifesaver when you are like, yeah, yeah. See, Google says, I don't, it's not me, Google. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, back when we were growing up, up in the industry, probably why the industry was so tight still is, is because we had to rely on each other completely because there was no documentation except the Webmaster Guidelines and yeah. Matt Cuts. And that's literally the source of information you have. But now they have it on everything. And I need, can I do a pet peeve right now? Go, like, go, go. On, on do do documentation? The quality raters guide is not an SEO guide. Do not use it as an <laughs> SEO guide. Do not think everything in there will make your site better for SEO because it doesn't. It's written for quality raters so they can interpret what the sites Google surfaced and they can tell Google if they surfaced high quality sites. That is what that guide is for. It doesn't solve core updates. There is no such thing as EAT. EAT is just a concept that they wrote in the quality raters guide to represent many algorithms and concepts for SEOs. If you want SEO documentation that will help you better your site, get you out of core update issues, you go to the Webmaster Guidelines, which are not just 10 little things now. They've written out extensive details in the Webmaster Guidelines. They have an SEO one guide, a 101 guide. I've been in this industry 15 years. I still read that every year because they may have changed things and put in more details that I, as an experienced SEO, can pick up on and use to my advantage. And then finally, they have the How Search Works. And if you want to know what core updates are affecting, it isn't in the quality raters guide. Go to how search works. It breaks down sites by content quality, content relevance, 
site quality, everything that the core updates look at. And they tell you when you read all the linked documents to that document, exactly what they're looking for and how they do it, like how they use NLU, how they use entity structure, how they use query relevance, how technical is involved in site structure, site quality. That is the core updates because I've recovered a bunch of them. Quality Raiders Guide, the problem with it is if you were building a site from scratch, go ahead and use that guide on how to build your site because it'll tell you exactly what Google thinks is a high quality site. But know that not everything in there is going to in some way affect your search ranking. It might, it, it, so, so when you use it for, to increase visibility or you use it to, for recovery, you can spend a lot of money on something that means absolutely nothing. <laughs> I mean, and that I've, is my pee for right now. <laughs> no, but I'll I'll go I'll go a little further because I've spoken with quality raters. In no way, shape, or form, they're auditing websites. They are auditing a SERP, okay, mm -hmm. a search engine result page, the whole thing. Yes. So yes, of course, you have URLs, but that's not. It's a totally different mindset. People don't understand that they they don't audit the website. They just okay. Does the whole thing um, looks good and and answers and, and uh, the the intent and all that stuff? But but it's a whole. It's not about your 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 page. And and second of all, uh, those guys uh, and the eat thing once again, no backlinks. Legs don't exist. Just... <laughs> well, I actually, Gary said the only thing in the algorithms that's really represented by quote eat are citations and links, inbound links no, at, at a conference. In, in so it, he's like, in it, they, they, they don't talk about links. Quality raters don't don't look at, at no, no, links. No, no, no. I'm saying Gary said as SEOs. Oh, okay. The concept of eat at a conference, someone asked about the concept of eat and what does it really represent? And he said nothing. It has nothing to do with Google search. It has to do with quality raters understanding what we look for in a high quality site when they're evaluating search results, like you just said. So if does the search results have good quality sites in it or not? That's what they're rating. They're not rating sites for, that guide is not telling you how to SEO a site for Google ranking factors. And, and, if, and you can't know if you haven't done a lot of SEO, which ones are and which ones aren't. I see experienced SEOs adding author bios and paying tens of thousands of dollars of content for a name on uh, uh, author name. And I'm like, was your content bad before? No. Was your content well linked before? Yes. Did you cite facts in there? If it was like a you know medical site? Yeah. Then you just paid a lot of money that's not going to change anything because Google's not looking at authorship and it's not looking at your bios unless you're a new site. You do have to have bios for new sites. So, so the point, but the, just the point of that is, is that just like you're saying, it's for quality raters and you can go so wrong in how you spend money, time and resources by using the quality raters guide, unless you're just building a new site and you wanted to build a site in the way that Google would like a site to be built. But that doesn't mean all those things are going to affect your ranking. So it's not even that. Use it. No, it's again, like when you, when, <laughs> once you, if you speak, if you have access to, and I had access to, 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 uh, uh, um, I knew people who worked, uh, like uh, subcontracting for, for, for Google, because they're not even Google employees, uh, they are subcontracted. And when yeah, you, when you know the levels of those people, 
uh, I'm sorry to say, but one, the, the guy, once he started leaking, well, now that you have that general guide that, okay, they get the job, they get the guide, fine. But what they're really working on is validation of the, the goddamn machine learning data sets. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I the You have no view it. of that. You don't know. Those those are like very specific like regulations, very specific questions. Yeah. And and uh th that guy it, it's uh, it's like a starter beginner yeah. kit starter whatever you want to call it, but it, it's absolutely not relevant at all in one the real work that do quality writers um which is more experimental especially trying to improve yeah. machine learning um i guarantee you that the guys they get specifically for that data set has nothing to do with the the starter guide yeah <laughs> we, we, we totally agree I, I so if those who don't know what they do is they give the quality readers a task to rate so they do a tweak to the algorithm and they tell the quality readers we want you to to evaluate this goal and then the quality readers guide gives them ways to evaluate those search results. Are they pulling back sites that Google wants to surface? Mm. So in the SERP, not mm -hmm. is this site a good site, but just as a quality, is Google pulling back quality or junk? Like, did we just pull back all spam? Quality readers guide, you can evaluate, is it spam or is it not? That's yeah. what it's there for. I'm just saying, if you had a brand new site, you've not designed a site before, you're new to site design, and you're like, I don't know how to design it. I want to make sure I think of SEO or I do a good site that Google might like. You can use that as a template. Like here's, but, if I put everything in there, I'm not going to design a bad site. I may put in things there that don't matter to ranking factors, but they'll be good for users, whatever. But if you already have a site, using that guide can cause you to make a lot of changes that are irrelevant or even changes that can harm the site because the site may be performing off of what you currently have and you change it to the quality readers guide and it, it, it changes the, how the site's evaluated, like topically you, or uh, like that. Okay developers.google.com beginner SEO. Yes, SEO. Right. SEO starter guide. There is a Web SEO starter guide. Yes. And webmaster <laughs> guidelines. And webmaster guidelines and how search works. No, I, I, on, the, on, on, the, on the developer, even on the, the developers.google.com, um, there is a, an amazing, uh, well, it's for beginners, but that's what you should read. <laughs> Don't... Well, even like I said, even experienced SEO should go back and read the beginner guidelines because they changed over time because how Google changes the algorithms. So you might have think that something from 2009, the last time you read them, because now your experience changed dramatically and you read in there, you see in the text because you're experienced, you know, oh, this is what Google's saying here. This has changed slightly. So like um, the quality raters guide even specifically says this is only for the types of sites who the, for our goals for the algorithms that we test. So it immediately told you it's not an SEO guide, but a lot of SEOs decided it was because people right. told them it was. Mm -hmm. But the, S, the SEO 101 guide or the Webmaster Guidelines or Google Developer Doc, How Search Works, um, those tell you specifically what Google's doing with algorithms and what they're doing with query relevance and what they're doing with NLU and NLP so that you can be a better SEO. Quality Raiders Guide does not make you a better SEO. Um, it, it, it's pretty frustrating because um, 
it's sexy. It's uh, it's appealing. Yeah. It's secret. Oh, it's the, the, right. it's the it's the it's the the quality raters guidelines. You know, it, it okay. The, it's not sexy enough. The official <laughs> SEO starter guide. No, that's not good enough for you. You have you have to try to find something hidden that doesn't exist and is just an illusion. <laughs> uh, well, and and in, I'm an I'm an academic by education. And it's called a spurious correlation. So in the summertime, um, crime goes up and so does ice cream sales. So spurious correlation would say, well, ice cream sales went up, must cause crime. Or crime must have caused ice cream sales to go up. But they don't because there's another variable involved. So a lot of times what people do who don't have a lot of familiarity with the algorithms is they look at a bunch of sites. They see like they have this or that common factor. And they assume that factor, because they saw it in the quality raters guide, meant that that is why those sites were ranking but if you ask google that has that factor has nothing to do with rankings it's just in the quality raters guide because it's in the quality raters guide so um that's why it's dangerous to use it because you may assume things not true but if you go to the webmaster guidelines seo 101 and how search works and they say it there well then you know that that's what you need to do right so you, you know my link uh, to the spurious correlations. No, uh, I don't. I, I love. You know, I love us. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's uh, if if uh, I'll send it to you, but it's, um, for example, U.S. spending on science, space, and technology is exactly the same curve than suicide by hanging, strangulations, and suffocation. <laughs> Well, and of course they're related. <laughs> it's uh, the, the the per capita cheese consumption is exactly the same than number of people who died by becoming tangled in their bed sheets. Well, I can see how that's related. They took cheese to bed. <laughs> Divorce rate in Maine is exactly the same than per per capita consumption of margarine. Oh, that's, well, that's that, a, that might be correlated. <laughs> Not really. Uh, per capita consumption of mozzarella cheese correlates with civil engineering doctorates awarded. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so yeah, you you have to. Uh, I I'll give you that link because that's what you have to to throw at people when they start to. Um, <laughs> to go a little bit nuts about the yes, I found. Uh, I, I, I I studied I, I studied a million URL and I find uh, seven secrets of uh, SEOs. <laughs> Anyways, well, my, uh, my dear, we are we are hitting the two-hour limit. Well, That's it's not a limit. Today? It's been two hours that we are talking. <laughs> I, you know what's interesting is I do get people that actually watch the whole thing, which just just surprises me but it's awesome and says something for the style you're doing here well you you balance out and and uh, uh i i need you because with uh judith and her like g-spot seo <laughs> it's uh <laughs> it's hard well, to handle like <laughs> Well, I like that. It must mean it's a ranking factor. <laughs> G-spot SEO, but the the yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you you have a, you bring in a whole different vibe uh, that uh, is a lot more appeasing for me. That uh, 
Judith makes me work <laughs> because you have to you, so you have so to smart. follow the the, yeah, so <laughs> the all like teasing around and all uh, anyways uh, this is the end of this episode for uh, SEO stories but uh, Christine will be back on very soon it's 100% my fault uh, we made appointments and we need like i said i need the introduction i'm lost in in space i don't know <laughs> I what do. day i don't know I, uh, <laughs> so so if uh, if i don't get uh like in uh, oxygen tank um in the next in the next following days we'll uh we'll meet again in a podcast <laughs> that sounds good to me thank you for having me again i appreciate it Oh, thank you. And uh, thank you for watching. Bye-bye.